Hey family, um, let's get right into prayer because I don't know how long this is going to take. Lord God, thank you so much for um, your loving kindness, your tender mercies, your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you for um, everything that leads us to your feet, all the things that help us to abide in you. Uh, all the ways that you've made. Um, thank you for even leading um, whoever is listening, whoever is watching to this moment. You're merciful, you're kind. Um, and your grace is sufficient. So we thank you. Pray that I get out of the way and let you do what you do. We love you and send your son, Jesus, precious and powerful name we pray. Amen. So, um, my life has been marked by a lot of suffering. Some of it has been self-imposed and some of it I know is a fruit of the spirit. And so, what I do know about God, and I don't know much, you know, I've only been here for 33 years, but, <clears throat> and I've only been following him seriously for a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. And um, so I don't know everything, but I do know that He doesn't waste pain. And we have this opportunity to engage him through suffering. Because the Bible says that we ought to enter into Christ's suffering uh, with him, into Christ's sufferings with him, that we too might be glorified with him. So there's an opportunity to know more about God and to draw closer to him through the things that we suffer. The Bible also says that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So suffering is not really one of those sexy topics. Um, you probably won't um, hear a series taught on it at your local church, but um, it is a quintessential part of not just the human experience but the the Christian faith walk um, our society is so wrapped up in comfort and avoiding pain um, when some of the greatest things in life can only come through pain and I have learned that in a very well, real way through labor, <laughs> childbirth, and parenting. Um, the best things in life are not without pain. And so I've been thinking and meditating on Psalm 119, specifically verse 71. 
which says, um, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I could learn your statutes. Instruction from your lips is better for me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. And I thought about how intently you listen in for instruction in moments when you are in deep anguish. Um, Sometimes God will not bring you out. He'll bring you through. You know, he won't pull pull you out. He'll just walk you through. And this is this is evident in 2 Corinthians um, 12 when Paul is recanting um, the story of how he asked God to remove a thorn from him three times. <laughs> three separate occasions. He was like, God, this thing is paining me. It's a pain for me. It's agonizing. Could you remove it? And God says, my grace is sufficient. So, no, I'm not going to remove it. I'm just going to give you my grace. I'm not going to take it away. I'm just going to give you my grace so you can walk through and finish your course. Um, Paul goes on to say that his thorn keeps him humble. Because if he didn't have a thorn, then he would definitely exalt himself over other believers because he's Paul. Um, he has all this wisdom, but also all this practical experience. And... Um, I think it's this this good picture of like the way God parents all of his kids differently. Some kids you got to keep on a really short leash. Others you can let kind of do their thing. Um, but a good parent knows their kid. And so God knows us and he knows our hearts and he knows um, he knows what to do with us. And so in my life, I've seen God break me to break stuff off of me. And in the moment, it has been excruciating. Felt like I was dying, wanted to die. But in the end, when I come out of that refiner's fire and I'm like pure gold, then it's like not so bad. Like, then I rejoice in it because it's like, man, that was awful. But look what it got me. You know, like, like labor pains are awful. There's literally nothing I can liken it to. It's pain like I've never felt before. Okay. But when you hold a newborn in your arms, a child that came through you. The euphoria, the awe, the divinity, the gratitude. It is the most surreal thing I've ever experienced in my life. Um, there's nothing that compares to that joy. 
for me, it's been good that I've been afflicted. Because it's taught me some lessons that I wouldn't have learned any other way. And God knows that because he knows me. Furthermore, there's some things that I've learned about the character of God that have drawn me so close to him. Like the trauma <laughs> that I've experienced and then having him to like heal me and give me revelation and give me joy and peace and fulfillment and clarity and perspective. It's like, Sometimes you don't even need to come out. You just need new eyes. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's not even about the storm ending. It's just fresh eyes. I've recently made the decision to stop drinking. When I say recent, I mean like a couple days ago. <laughs> it's something I've been mulling over for years actually. And it was difficult for me because I've really gotten into craft cocktails and like, I'm not a wino, but like I do enjoy a drink or two or three. And I always say like, if you can't give it up, give it up. Like whatever, whatever your thing is, if you can't give it up, you should give it up. Um, and so I was having a week last week like I'm having a week every week but I was having a week and I was like man it 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 went past I can't wait to have a drink and it was man I want to get I'm trying to get like lit tonight like I want I want to get faded and I was just like yo like I'm a blood-bought believer I've been delivered I lead a group of women, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and yet, and I know, I know, I know how to get through a storm. I know how to press my way through. I know how to praise myself happy. I know how to worship myself into warfare. Like, I, I know, I know, I've been, I do this. <laughs> and yet, I bypassed all of that. And I was like, I'm trying to sit some. And it um it arrested my spirit. And I was like, I need to stop drinking. I need to stop drinking. And then God gave me this re revelation. He's like, just because you don't have a problem now doesn't mean that you won't. So I'm calling you to stop now before it becomes a thing. That's my grace. Because this could be the, the, the workings of me being in a rehab facility five years from now, away from my kids, away from my husband. Like this could be the collapse of a ministry because I've learned how to be a functioning addict. You know what I mean? It's like, he chastises those he loves. You know, he, he prunes those who are abiding in him. And 
it was something that I wrestled with for a long time. But God took the taste out of my mouth. Like, I, I would drink and I would be like, first of all, my tolerance, I've obliterated my tolerance because I don't feel anything. And once I do, I'm too far gone. Secondly, I'm way more conscious of like my body and wellness and fitness. And so when I'm drinking now, it's like, this is fattening. And I don't feel nothing. And it's all a bunch of calories and all a bunch of sugar. And like, I kind of don't, I'm not really vibing with this anymore. And then like, I've recently gotten into mocktails. So I'm like, these mugs are like a nice little treat and it's like no hangover. And like, I'm not gonna talk out of the side of my mouth. And you know what I mean? It was just like, these things started coming together. And then I started having conversations with people who were talking to me about sobriety. Then stuff was popping up on my feed about how um, how um, horrible alcohol is for your body, even if you're a casual drinker, even if you only have one to, do, two, one to two drinks a week, how it affects your brain, destroys brain cells, just like all these things. And, and I was like, okay, God. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do it, but I'm not going to tell nobody. Because if I tell people and then like they see me at the function with a Dos Equis, they're going to be like, I thought you said. So, but then I was like, you know what? Actually, let me just open my mouth because this is going to help somebody make a decision. But also it's a testimony because I don't desire to drink. Like it's more than a head thing. Like it's an actual like physical, like I don't want to have a drink I'm not craving it I don't I don't want to taste it like he's I've heard people say that God can take the taste out of your mouth for things but I haven't experienced that like I used to smoke cigarettes and now I mean I'm turned off by the smell but like I feel like if I felt away I probably would still smoke a cigarette so I'm still making a very conscious decision to not smoke. With this, it's like, it's gone. Like, I don't want it. And I'm just really thankful for that. You know, like he really does give us the will to do what's right. I was watching a teaching by someone who I really respect and she was saying like, she was like, I don't understand Christians who drink. And I was like, what do you mean? Jesus turned water into wine. And she was just like, I was brought up and I was discipled that a little kid, the things that you do, a little kid should watch you and be able to imitate everything that you do as a believer. And that rocked me. You know, talk how you talk, walk how you walk, live how you live, and, like, be blameless. Then I was watching another teacher the other day, and she was like, <laughs> she was like, okay, yes, Jesus turned water into wine, but the wine they were drinking in biblical times is not the wine that they're producing now. <laughs> so now I go on this deep dive, and, like, they fermented, without getting too technical, 
They was drinking kombucha in Bible times. Okay? They were drinking like some grape juice. Communion juice. Right? And there are plenty of script. I mean, be not drunk with wine. Be sober-minded. Just like all these different things. Like, the Bible does not exalt drunkenness. You know? And, and my, my thing was always, well, I'm not getting drunk. I'm not... But it's just like a slippery slope, you know? And why do I have to, like, justify not being a drunkard with just abstaining from alcohol? Let me just abstain so I can be clean. Because um, I also think that, like, and I say this a lot, but you can tell a lot about a person by what they're tempted by. So now that I've been set free, you can't tempt me with alcohol. So I've take you don't have that's not an entry point for you now. That's not a weak spot. That's not a foothold for the enemy. Like I'm getting stronger. And I need to be strong. Um So I wasn't planning on going there, but I felt like Holy Spirit was telling me to. Um I just want to encourage those of y'all who are suffering. Um especially those of you who feel like you're in a lifestyle of suffering. Um, some things you need deliverance from. Some things are curses. Um, some things are because, you know, you've got evil altars and evil contracts and all kind of stuff going on in your spirit and in your life and in your bloodline and you need to get free of those things. And some of it is just God vetting you. God refining you. God teaching you that his grace is, is sufficient. Um... God allowing you to experience him in a way that's not not going to just draw you closer to him, but give you eyes to see and ears to hear. Like you need heavenly perspective. You need heaven's perspective to be a witness in this world. To be a value in this world. You need the currency of of heaven, which is faith. And your faith does not grow when it is not tested. Your faith is not solidified when it is not tested. If there are no works to back up the faith, it's dead. So, yeah. Um, here, let's do this. James 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. There it is. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Yeah, there have been so many times where I was just like, I don't want to be in lack and I don't... I don't want to, but you got to let him break you. You know, like it, it, it has to be to the point where the instruction is better than money. You know, I was literally just reading in Matthew today about the rich young ruler, the par the, is it the parable of the rich man? 
rich man comes up to Jesus and he's like, I've kept all the laws. What's, what now? What's next? And Jesus is like, sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. And the rich man is like, Ooh. just walks away sad. What Bible says he walks he walks away dismayed because he had many possessions, you know, and and right there in that moment God was like, see, don't complain about having less stuff because stuff holds you down. Let me free you up in my way. So if I ask you to give it up, you holding it with loose hands anyway. You know what really matters anyway. You've already let, let patience have its perfect work in you. Bible says in your patience, possess your soul. Possess your mind, will, and your emotions in your patience. To me, that means if ever I'm not patient, if I'm impatient, then, then, then Satan can possess my soul. But when I wait on him, hmm. He's going to renew my strength. I'm going to mount up on wings like an eagle. I'm going to run, not get weary. I'm going to walk, not faint. <sighs> Promises from God. If we just endure until the end. Bear it with joy. Pure joy, he says. Consider it pure joy. Bear it with joy. Because one is temporary. And two, the fruit of bearing. Unmatched. So suffer well. And suffer long. And know that God, God has you, you know. And Jesus suffered and and he and he overcame it all and he lives in you. So here are three practical things to do in your suffering. One, thank God. Thank him. Like like sit and just thank him for the storm, for the valley for the trial, for the drought, for the the lack, for whatever. Whatever it is that you're in, thank him for it. Worship him, praise him, because the situation is going to change. One day it's going to change, but he's not. The troubles, they have an expiration date. They don't last forever. But the promises of God and his word and his goodness, they last forever. They don't expire. So thank him. And you'll be surprised at how much joy you have. Two, like call in your community to hold your hands up for you. Like, like reach out to people to intercede for you. I did that last week and I was like, same day. I was blown away. Circumstance didn't change. Nothing external changed. But man, did my perspective and man, did it give me joy and peace. 
The third thing, read your Bible. One of the functions of the Holy Spirit is to bring things to your remembrance. How can he bring something to your remembrance? If you've never put it in, you never read it, you never meditated on it, you never sat with it. Read your Bible. It, it, like, it's amazing how your word comes alive if you let it. But you have to, you have to discipline yourself. It's not TV. It's not a quick fix. It's not a microwave. It is the inerrant word of God. Sit with it. Let it read you. Let it teach you. You're going to be okay. You're going to outlast this. And then you'll have something else to go through. Because <laughs> we down here. And so, like, as long as we down here, this is just, this is what it is. And it's okay. You know, I think we're living in the end times. So if that's the case, and if my theory is right, there's way more suffering to come. And not, not only is it more, but it's worse than anything you can imagine, than anything you've already been through. So look at this as training, basic training before you have to be on the, on the front lines. And enjoy it while, while, while you still got time. Enjoy it. I love you guys. And God is good, not because he answers your prayers or he does the things that you want him to do. God is good because that's his nature. Don't worship him because of what he can do for you. Worship him because of who he is. Love y'all. Be blessed. Bye.